0: Welcome to The Sean Stevenson Show. I'm Sean Stevenson, your host and professional speaking guide. You have a message to share, and I can teach you how to get it to millions. The Sean Stevenson Show, the best resource for building a lucrative speaking business and a fulfilling life. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is going to be a special, and I don't mean like extra special, like, aww. I mean, it's a special. It's going to be different than the other podcast formats. Because today, I'm going to go into how can you set yourself up to win as a guest on radio shows and podcasts and television interviews. So essentially, how do you prepare and rock media opportunities in your career? Much of my career has been built around getting public exposure, getting exposure from the things that I've done with my own channels, such as Facebook and YouTube, but also through outside media outlets, such as radio shows that have big reach in major markets and television networks. So I've had a lot of experience being a guest and I've made a lot of mistakes, and I've done some things right. And so, I want to help you, as an individual who is wanting to get a message out into the world, create an experience while in the media that is most beneficial to you. Today, we're going to jump around, and I'm going to be talking to you about both podcasting, radio, and television, but the core themes are universal through all forms of interviews. So essentially today, you're gonna learn how to rock being interviewed. I wanna start by saying that when you are on an interview, you wanna do your homework. Some people get lazy, and I certainly have later into my career, but in the early days, I was sharp and ready. And that, I believe, led to many more opportunities. So how can you prepare yourself for crushing an interview? Well, first of all, when you get asked to be on an interview, I would recommend you go in advance and download or listen to all of the interviews you can get your hands on from that show. See what kind of questions that the interviewer asks. See what kind of guests that they have. Get the overall flavor and feel of the program. So that way, you're not blindsided. You don't want to show up for an interview that you think is going to be a total easy softball and then be thrown a total curve. This is why you want to do your homework. There are times in my career that I did not do my homework, and I showed up not knowing that I was going to be hit sideways by a shock jock. A shock jock is somebody who doesn't care about the guest, only cares about their ratings, and they will do anything in their power to get people to listen to their program. And if that means sacrificing your credibility, making you look ridiculous, poking fun at you, they will. I've been on radio programs that really wanted nothing more than to turn me into a freak. Wanted to know personal details. I'll give you an example. Years ago, I was on the Adam Carolla show. Now, I'm sure Adam Carolla in his real life is a good man. Probably has a good heart. But his persona on radio is that he asks prying questions. And that he goes for the laugh. And that he tries to get a buzz or a charge out of his guest. You know, Create a moment that shakes up the guest... Causes them to be a little flustered and tell the truth, maybe. Maybe cough up some uh, scandalous details. Maybe share some things that are a little off-color. Why? Because that keeps listeners intrigued. I want you to know that the important part of an interview, from the perspective of the host, is to keep people listening. That's it. It's just like when you're writing really good sales copy. The purpose of good sales copy is to get you to read the first line, and then to read the next line, and then the line after that, and every line that follows. Well, media is no different. They want to grab and keep attention So that means it has to be provocative, it has to be unique, it has to sound like something that has not been rehearsed and that is happening real time. That's why people love live media, because you don't know if it's going to go off the rails, and that's what makes it exciting. So don't get upset when you show up on an interview and the host tries to go for details that might make you uncomfortable that's their job. And if you're prepared and ready for that, then you don't have to take it personally or be hurt by it. So here I was, a young kid <laughs> in my, I'd uh, probably my mid-20s, on the Adam Carolla show. It was my first massive radio program that was being broadcasted all over the world, especially through the internet. And it started off very innocent. They asked questions about my life and growing up with my disability. And then it happened. Adam started going for the details. He wanted to know how I lost my virginity. How did it happen? Who was it with? What was it like? How do I even have sex? All of these personal details that I was not ready for. And I got frustrated and upset And guess what I did? Something totally unprofessional that I want to prepare you for so that you don't go there as well. I got angry. And when I got angry, I became passive-aggressive. And by passive-aggressive, I basically energetically pushed him back, poked fun at him. And I don't believe that I was my best. I believe that I got off the rails and that I was hurt emotionally, that somebody would want to know all these details. But really, it was a great moment in my career. Because it was the moment that people didn't see little Sean, the guy in a wheelchair. They saw a man that they'd like to get some juicy details from. So whatever you are preparing yourself for when you're going on a media program, know that it might happen. You might go off the rails. And the way to get back on track is to not take it personally if the host goes for the juicy, uncomfortable details. It's their job. I had the same thing happen later that day. On the day that I got interviewed by Adam Carolla in the morning on the radio show, that evening I went on the Jimmy Kimmel live show. And I got to say, that was even more nerve-wracking. But I was prepared because that morning got me ready for saying, okay, all right, I'm no longer going to be given the softballs. I'm no longer going to be the kid in the wheelchair. I'm a man. I'm seen as a public figure. And it's time that I prepare myself as a public figure. So what happened? I go on the show. And I'm in the green room, preparing myself to go out on stage. And they ask me, Sean, we want to show photos with you and these other people. And they pulled out all these photos that they had taken from my MySpace account. And something in my gut said, nope, do not sign off on this. You do not know if these people would be comfortable having these photos shown online. You don't own the rights to these photos. This could only lead to legal trouble. So I did not sign off. Then they wanted to put a microphone on my father in the audience in case they wanted to ask him questions. And I knew my dad had very little experience being in the media and being bombarded with questions and set up for uncomfortable moments so I said no we're not going to do that and it was a pivotal moment because they turned to me and they said well you have to do this or you can't be on the show and I said okay then I don't need to be on the show but they had already announced me they had already put me in the opening credits it would make them look bad and I knew they were bluffing so they said fine And they had a a whole setup, because I was promoting a online magazine at the time, helping men attract women in dating. And I knew that they wanted to turn it into a freak show. I knew that they wanted to poke fun at it, because it had a lot of angles that you could poke fun at. And I didn't want it to turn out that way. They had this whole gig between Jimmy Kimmel and the other guest, who was Johnny Knoxville from the show Jackass. Remember that show in the 90s on MTV? Well, they wanted to have Johnny Knoxville wear a wig and for me to teach Jimmy Kimmel how to attract Johnny Knoxville. Or vice versa. Well, anyway, it was going to turn into a freak show. And I was completely scared that I'm going on national television and they're going to be making fun of me. And right before I went out on stage, I'm behind the door that they open up and you come right on stage. My heart was pounding. And I'm thinking, how the heck am I going to handle this? And thank God for the executive producer on that show. She came over to me and she whispered in my ear. If you are entertaining enough, if you can hold the crowd's attention, they won't have time to get to the skit and they won't make fun of you. And then, bam, they opened the door. I rolled out and it was my moment. And I'm telling you, I got out of the gates running and I was prepared. And here's what I did that I want you to do when you go on media interviews. I made the host and the guest around me Look good. You see, when you go on to a media program, especially if you don't have a ton of visibility already, you're not a household name, and you're being interviewed by a massive celebrity, and there's other guests that are already A-list celebrities, you don't want to come off cocky. You don't want to come off acting like you're better than them. But you also don't want to come off inferior. You want to make sure that you look Good and you make them look good. And the way I did that with Johnny Knoxville is he started taking over the program, teasing me. So I turned to him and I said, You know what? When I first saw you on television, I didn't like you. I thought you were kind of a jerk. And the audience kind of leaned back a little bit. And I said, but my opinion completely changed when I saw the movie The Ringer. And you really put people with disabilities in a great light. And I just wanted to thank you for that. And he stopped right in that moment, teasing me. He got his body into the lotus position, you know, like when you're meditating. And he remained quiet the rest of the interview. It was awesome. And this is why, at some times, it's important to compliment people that are putting you under attack. Here are a bunch of other things that I have learned in handling myself in different forms of media. When you're asked questions that make you look bad, that position you as the bad guy or the mean woman, you want to make sure that you acknowledge the question. Say, you know what? That's a great question. But I think the bigger question here is, and then you go on to state the question you would have rather been asked. You see, politicians and media professionals do this constantly. And the concept is, only answer the questions you would like to have been asked. The way you do that, and there's many ways, is you change the subject quickly after acknowledging that it was a great question. You know what, that's an important question. I think another thing that we need to discuss before we get to that is, You wanna make sure that you are in control of the questions that are being asked, especially if they are damaging to your credibility to begin with. When you're being interviewed, you have to think about the ways in which what you're saying could be taken out of context. See, when I was on Jimmy Kimmel Live, they call it live But it's live to tape, which means they have about 15 minutes to cut the whole program before it goes out on the television. So they can cut out things. And therefore, you have to be prepared for the fact that they're going to take you out of context. And if there's a way that they can make it more intriguing for listeners to keep hanging on and not change the channel, they will. So, when you're speaking, you want to make sure that you say things in a way that, to the best of your ability, can't be taken out of context. So, an example is, usually when we're talking in day-to-day conversation, we might say, look, I'm not saying guns are great and we all should kill each other. That would totally be taken out of context. They would just cut out the part where you say, look, I'm not saying... So then they post in the interview, "Guns are great, and we should all kill each other." And you look like the jerk. And then later you have to then follow up with, "Hey, I didn't say that." And then they put the tr- you know the retraction uh, in the last page of the newspaper. <laughs> you have to make sure that when you are being interviewed, the things that are coming out of your mouth cannot be taken massively out of context. Say what you mean to say. Don't say what you don't mean to say. So say, look, peace is important. We all need to understand that mental health is a value in our country so that we can create safe atmospheres in our schools and our workplaces. That's the kind of answer you want to give if you're asked a difficult question about guns. You want to make sure that what you're saying cannot be taken out of context. And you might think, well, Sean, I don't have any massively uh, politically controversial topics. I'm talking about motivation or success. Yeah. But there might be a moment where they take a current event and they put you under the microscope and you need to be ready. Speak always in a way that even if it was taken out of context, it would still sound good. One of my other friends, David Averin, he's a great man. He's known as the visibility coach. He taught me, if you're going to be a guest on a radio or television program, make sure you always have an opinion on something. When it comes to you, especially if you're on a panel, and you say, you know what, I've not really given that much thought, Nor do I have an opinion. Boom! You're getting cut and you're never getting asked back. You want to have an opinion about everything when you're on a show. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have a mean or obnoxious set of opinions, but it means you need to always have an opinion. Share your truth in the way that fits with your persona. The persona is the picture that you want put out into the world. If you like being controversial, then make sure your opinions are controversial. If you're more of a peacemaker, make sure that your opinions are about peace. But make sure you always have an opinion if you want to be on radio programs. They love opinions. (laughs) The average person out in in the world... They might have a lot of opinions, but they can get very scared to share them publicly. Well, what if people don't like my opinion? Well, if you're in the media, you automatically run that risk that people aren't going to like you. But what makes good media is opinionated people debating, oftentimes, their perspective. When I was 19, I went onto the U.S. Senate floor and I was in a hearing debating a very controversial topic. If you type my name into YouTube and put Senate hearing, I think you'll find it. But I went up against U.S. Senators on a very heated topic. And I gotta say, it prepared me for a lot of the media experiences later in life by knowing how questions are oftentimes Leading people to their opinion. The host of a program angles their questions to validate their opinions and be prepared for that. Another challenge that can happen when you're on a media program is, especially if you do a lot of them in a row, you can go into autopilot and all your answers sound alike. And that's okay to a certain extent. But they would much prefer you dig deeper and find answers or ways in answering that are unique, that sound different than the 10 o'clock appointment when you're on the noon appointment. So the way I like to do it is I like to make it a game and say, how have I answered this question before and how can I answer it differently now? So maybe I don't use the same exact stories Maybe I have a whole set of stories to pick from if I'm doing multiple interviews in a day. It just keeps things fresh and causes you not to get into the boring rut of autopilot that hosts can't stand. If you're going to do a lot of podcast interviews, prepare yourself for individuals who may not have a lot of interviewing skills. They may suck, and that's okay. Okay. Maybe they're new. But maybe they have a lot of reach. Maybe they still have a lot of followers. So let me prepare you for something if you're going to be interviewed by either a rookie or somebody that just still sucks years later. And that is, be ready for the no question question. Huh? What? What's the no question question, Sean? It's when the interviewer doesn't really have a question... But they leave silence and expect you to fill the silence. So it might go like this. Sean, you had a very interesting childhood. You had a lot of broken bones. And you looked different. And then they stop. And they just pause. And then... Somehow, some way, they expect me to find a question there. And in that moment, I have to be ready for it. Yep, it was very difficult. You know, being three feet tall in a wheelchair, there's a lot of surprising moments. One of the things that I noticed was difficult is dot, dot, dot. You have to be ready for the no question question. They might say to you, you know, we read your book, and in your book, you talked about anger management. Can you talk about anger management? And then you're thinking, there's not even a freaking question there. But that's okay. Sometimes you're not going to have a question, and you need to be prepared for the no-question questions. Be ready to always have that opinion, always have that talk track queued up and ready to go. Lastly, come prepared with your own questions. Send them off to people in advance. Do their homework for them. I've noticed that when I'm on programs, if they are super busy, like I was on the Dr. Oz show, his radio show years ago, we sent the questions in advance. And yes, they are questions that you wrote up. But the audience doesn't know that. And wouldn't you rather the host ask you questions that you know are going to make you look good, you know are going to... Angle back to promoting something that you're working on, because at the end of the day, why are you on the media? Why are you putting yourself out there? Probably because you have an agenda or product or a service that you want to highlight, and make sure all of your answers push the host back to that theme. You know, like I said in my book in chapter two, like we did in the... A uh, fundraiser on July 30th, like I said in my speech with such-and-such such celebrity. You want to make sure that you're coming back to your agenda. The host has their agenda. You need to have yours. Hopefully you can use some of these tips as you bring your message out into the world. If you have any questions or want personal interaction with me, I recommend you go on over to our Facebook group. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash lucrative speaker. I interact with people, I answer questions, and I put specific bonus material on that Facebook group. And I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure and subscribe to The Sean Stevenson Show on iTunes and leave a review of the podcast. For more information and further conversation, head on over to our Facebook group, Lucrative Speaker. I'm Sean Stevenson, your professional speaking guide. I'll catch you next time on The Sean Stevenson Show. You've got a message. Let's get it to millions.